What's going on, people? How are you? Again, I'm Jordan Brown. Welcome to this week's episode of It's Your World. This is like a pandemic quarantine edition episode. I know that we are going through a hard time right now, and I wanted to try and lighten the mood with a dope-ass episode from Sonico. I think we did an episode, we, did, we recorded this a while ago, so I hadn't posted it, I had edited it, and, and just, you know, set it to the side a while, because I felt like I was trying to put it on ice and hold off or something to, to, to post it, but as we move through, you know, these trying times, I feel like everybody's looking for something to do, I wanted to bless you all with a new episode of the show, and then also, just say what's up, man, I mean, I know we're all going through this together, we're all staying at home. Nobody's going to work, but you're working from home. If you're doing that, I commend you for that effort. Only because it takes a lot to just be at the crib all the time and not have anything else to do. So you just be like, fuck it, I'm actually going to be a good uh, productive employee today. Um, I mean, sometimes that's how you feel during this. It's been slow. Um we had a few things going on here. I've been trying to come up with a different idea for the show. Um, I think today and going through what we are going through right now um, has really made me start ex- expressing myself more creatively in, in terms of like writing and stuff like that. So I've taken my time to kind of just throw anything out there um, and just put it on paper. You know, put it on paper, put it on a tweet, you know, throw it out there, let people take a look at it, come up with some new ideas and use them. Um, I'm, uh, just different things like that. And I don't know, I just wanted to um, let you guys know how I'm feeling. I mean, I'm all right, man. I'm doing good. I hope you all are as well. Washing your hands, disinfecting and sanitizing. I mean, the main thing to me is I realize like bleach is your friend. As dangerous as it is, bleach is your friend. You can clean anything with bleach. <laughs> My entire house smells disinfected, smells disinfected and bleached down to the socks, baby. I don't know. You just got to do what you got to do. And then you can kind of like go stir crazy a little bit. I found myself outside in my uh, backyard playing with my pup a little bit. You you know the quarantine has been really, really rough because the main thing about this thing is like, I don't know. I don't think my dog has ever been on a walk this many times in his short two-year life. <laughs> He's only two years old, but I feel like he has never walked so many times uh, in a day since this should have started. I mean, He's got a lot of miles on him. I feel like if he were um, an automobile or a vehicle, he'd be a lemon right now, only because uh, ain't no telling what you'll get out of him. Sometimes the dude's just ready to go for a walk, and then sometimes it's just extra lazy. I felt like... I was going to get embarrassed by him the other day walking him because he was just going to get, like, tired of walking and just pass out. You know, just take a take a chill pill right there in the middle of the sidewalk. He doesn't care. Zeus, Zeus is the man. You know, he really don't give a damn. He just does what he does. But anyway, um, I don't know. Just rambling. But, again, back to this episode of the podcast. So, my guest today is Santa Cole. She is a great film producer. A great writer, and she is from Chicago. Um, I found out about Sonico when um, she produced the short film Training Wheels, which had a friend of mine in it from way back in the day. You know, we were shorties. Um, 
I'm talking about like grade school. Like that's how crazy it is. And she's worked with a few people that I know and um, some big wigs, man. She's got a lot of connections and things like that. And just, you know, it's just really cool to sit down and talk with um, individuals about their art. You talk to them about their creative process, their creativity overall, um, what, what it took for them to get to where they are. And I think this is a dope episode, mainly because I really wanted to sit down and speak with her because I wanted to chat with her. And I told her about this. Like, you ever just be apprehensive about reaching out to somebody? Only because you don't know what the conversation will hold. And you think it's just going to be that dope. But you guys get to hear it and check it out now. Let me know what you think. Well, I mean, every single position in filmmaking, I feel like you're a problem solver. Okay. So many things go wrong when you said. But if you have people that think progressively, um, you can always get over those hurdles. Because filmmaking is really about being progressive. It's just um, trying to think about the problem before it happens, which is strange. <laughs> no, I, 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 I feel you a little bit. Like, that like, is a real thing, to think about the problem before it happens. It's like the and possibilities. Like, or, yeah, like, oh, this could go wrong. Let me. And something you're going to miss, of course, every filmmaker misses something. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm only talking on the independent level. I'm not talking about like the sets that are ran by the machine. Right. I'm talking about like if you're an independent filmmaker, you are in control of those little things. So you well, have to make sure it works. That's true. You you mentioned earlier like it chooses you. It does. And like it was just first look on HBO that got you, or well, no, it was getting the camera that got me. Okay. Um, and then what sold it for me was, um, and I was being fun with the camera at the time. I wasn't being artistic, so mm-hmm. like I was just filming whatever. Um, I was filming my boyfriend at the time. I was I went on prom with my camera. Had my camera on prom. Really? <laughs> yeah, I took it took it to prom with me. Um, but uh, what sealed it for me was uh, I had pranked a few of my family members. Uh, it, it, at the time, that show on MTV was out, Punked. Punked. So I was like, man, it'd be great. We could just punk like a few of our cousins. And so one cousin, I hid her purse. The other cousin, I drove her car around the block. And, the, and she was like afraid she was on a repo list. So she thought her car was repo and she mm-hmm. just had this really like <laughs> emotional <laughs> like, response. I and should, I I should <laughs> Like She's like, no, this is some real shit. Right? And we watched it back and just died laughing. We thought it was so funny. But um, the response that I got just by my See, family members nice. watching it, and I was like, man, like it, it really had the power to shift the room. And we were all laughing about that one okay. thing when if it was never recorded, we would have never had that moment of togetherness. Really? So it is a medium that kind of brings you together mm-hmm. and, and, it, and it builds a bond. Um, whatever the subject matter or story may be, it, it connects with people and they're able to express themselves however that may be. Did you uh, post it on YouTube or anything? No, or was that at just the time YouTube, YouTube wasn't. Yeah, I was recording on high eight takes. <laughs> I think time. I had a camcorder and I thought it was the coolest shit ever, but it was like a. Hey, like hey, the, Marcus. The tape. 
the tape was like you put the, the tape on the side of oh, it. Oh yeah. And, and, then, <laughs> and you could put the tape in, in the like little VHS thing and watch whatever what up, Dami? shit you were doing. Yeah. You got your Instagram live going. You got like a follower, man. You like you, you I think um, watching you with uh, training wheels and how you it's like grassroots and you actually reaching out to people and you talking like Yeah. What what is what was that process like? What was what was that idea thought of? Uh, well, uh, the process of promoting training wheels. The entire deal. You said it was no fun. I don't know if that's going to make you, like, break out in hives or something. No, 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 no. Um, training wheels was an incredible experience. Um, and it was the first film that I had put my own money into. Mm. Um, and I was really driven for it to be successful. Not only because I was putting so much money into it because it was a very personal story for mm. me. So uh, once I finally decided that I was going to do it, um, I worked with um, a producer named Natasha Parker, who also is my boss in the TV world. Okay. Um, she produces on the side. So she's like, if you got a script and it's good, we can, we can it. yeah, we can really get this off the ground. Once we felt like we had something going, um, it was, you know, everything started to fall into place. Um, I looked at girls. It was 15 of them. I found my girl. Um, I'm good friends with Kevin on stage. Um, and I gave him a call. And I was like, hey, I worked with his little boys before. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. so you had some background. Yeah. There. And as I was writing the story, I you were had. thinking of them? I had JoJo in mind for the story. Um, and I was like, Kevin, he's the only boy that I think can just, like, pull this off. So I'm like, you know, let him take a shot at it. Um, Ken was like, "Don't worry, we'll be in Chicago." <laughs> you know, people got your back. Like that's a good feeling, though. <laughs> yeah, he was like, "Don't worry, we'll be in Chicago. We're gonna work this out." They flew to Chicago. We shot it. A uh, great crew. Um, I work with a great DP. His name is Christopher Rahano. Mm-hmm. Um, he is a trailblazer in Chicago. He's worked with some of like. Uh, the big wigs in film. Uh, I think when we met, he was DPing for Spike Lee wow. at the time. Okay. Um, and he has That's kind daughter. of a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he has a daughter. So, training was just right up his alley. Wow. He was like, oh, I would do it. No problem. So, yeah, once we got all the players, we had the days of filming that all worked out. Um, after uh, we filmed... I had to raise another $5,000 to complete the film, yes, okay. <laughs> in post-production and all of that. And Little Rail, wow. you know, we, we, I cut the trailer, I had cut that trailer so many times, like, I think I had cut it at least about maybe 12 times to make sure that it was really understood, because mm-hmm. like I had certain people watch it. And I'm really terrible artist because I sometimes you second guess what your idea is and you bounce it off somebody else like what do you think about you this? You get that feedback. You do it. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes get that people feedback. don't really tell you what you want them to tell you, <laughs> and you be like, okay, maybe it's not you know because you want it to be a specific thing. And so I kept cutting it, kept cutting it. Finally, cut it to where I felt like I was confident in it. Mm. Released it. Put it on Twitter. Um, Little Real saw it. Was like, "What is this?" You know, and I'm like, "I'm just trying to finish it." And he was like, "Oh man, I would love to be a part of this. It looks great." Mm-hmm. Um, and we we developed a relationship. We we started to talk and bond. And he was just telling me how 
you know, um, that the film game is, you know, a serious game and, mm-hmm. you know, there's certain things that you need in order to survive in the business and things of that sort. So, uh, shout out to Little Real um, and Kevin uh, Fredericks for just being incredible executive producers, mm-hmm. um, just stepping in when, when I needed them and, and not even really... Uh, being able to reach out and touch them, but by a phone call, mm-hmm. I can just call them and say, wow. "Hey, I'm working on this, and I need this." So I appreciate them. I appreciate them for lending um, me a hand in my vision, and it was just an incredible experience. Going to the festivals was great. Mm-hmm. Meeting people, uh, people that re- relate to the story and they can see themselves in it. Um, all of that has been wonderful. And that is why we make art, so people can see it and see themselves in it, I guess. I wanted to commend you, one, on just being able to do something like that, and then, like, to write something. Oh, yeah. Like, I feel like that's a lot to, like, go... I, know, I write jokes and everything, and sometimes I don't think twice about it, you know, like... Yeah. But what was that process, the writing process? Write. And just, like, going through it sometimes. <laughs> I hate to write. Really? Oh, gosh. Like, I hate to write... Only because sometimes when you write, you go to sleep on your writing, and you wake up and you like, read it and you like, what was I thinking? Yeah, like, <laughs> is this really what I was trying to do? And like I said, when I create, I want it to be a specific thing. Mm. You know, like, I'm trying to get a specific, I want to be really intentional. And you don't want someone to grasp the wrong interpretation of what you're trying to say. And so writing can be really tricky in that mm. regard. Um, but... Um, I think over the years as I've embraced writing more, because I know that it's just a big part of filmmaking. True. Um, I've been able to kind of sail through it easier um, in terms of just um, understanding the structures of writing. Because I didn't know these things. When I started out as a filmmaker, I was just piecing shit together, just trying to make it work. Until I realized it was a formula. And <laughs> <laughs> she said that I'm like, look at this. Like, yeah. like, just in case you know, we got the mic yeah, going, the, the laptop, and some shit going on the phone recording. This, this, this storytelling <laughs> thing is a science. It's not like, oh, I'm this just making up shit this and I'm just putting this. it down on paper. No, like, there are actual structures to storytelling. And how you should write it, and how it should be formatted, mm-hmm. and how, and if it's not any of those things, it's trash. Uh, and those guidelines, um, I'm still learning them to this day. But you should, to this day, you should always be learning. Yeah, I'm still learning how to do it. It's, it's not, uh, it's not the easiest thing um, to learn how to write, but. Um, a, a lot of trial and error. Yeah, I was, it's like either that or you kind of relearning stuff that you already knew. Sometimes it's just repetitive. Some some things can just be repetitive, and then some things just come along with new information, and you just include that in your repetitive cycle. Because if you're continuing to make film, there's things you're gonna do over and oh, over again. Um, so you try to cl- click the things that you've learned and make sure you take them with every project, but also. Think about the things that you could have done better and try to see if you can tweak it for the next project. Mm. So that's how I try to like every project, you want to get better. Right. You want to be a better writer. Exactly. You want to be a better filmmaker. So you try to like, because I look at training wheels, and not that I'm not proud of training wheels, I think training wheels is great, but you look at it and you're like, okay, 
this is cool, but I can do better. That's how you should always look at it in place. Anything. Yes. And I think it's like uh, creatives are in that idea is like, one question I also have for you as a filmmaker is when you're trying to express a certain tone or feeling of, or emotion or whatever on film, like what happens when it doesn't fit on the film? Like what happens when, <laughs> what happens when you like- I feel like <laughs> when you're a filmmaker, you have to know music. No music. Yes, because mm. that music is tone. If you don't like, and I, I don't mean like no music, like know it, like a musician knows it, but just like knowing what mood a certain sound of music can create. Which takes me to one of our next things, but go ahead, we can talk yeah, about that. Yeah, um, <laughs> and luckily, growing up, you know, my mother um, is, is a singer. Um, wow. She's been singing gospel music. So the arts is all through you, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah, she's been singing as long as I can remember, and I've always been around quality musicians. Mm-hmm. And in Chicago, it's a lot of like crazy musicians. I'm on the gospel side, and I had the the opportunity to be around them and to hear that music and know what good music sounds like. So mm-hmm. now, in filmmaking, I can translate what I've learned, and not even learning it, just sometimes being around it and sometimes your brain will restore mm-hmm. <laughs> like everything that you are taking in True. and you can apply it somewhere else in your life so it was like i know what good music sounds like mm-hmm. i know what good chords are because i'm a church girl i okay. know what those things are so when i hear them i can be excited because it's familiar to me right and i translate that into scenes and mood because mm-hmm. a lot of Gospel music gives you a feeling. You feel gospel music. Gospel music, you can't listen to gospel music, just sit there. Like, I will question you if you do that. (laughs) Confession, though. Yeah, I will question you. I I found myself at the Sunday service. Oh. And it's my everybody named Mama was there. And I just happened to be scrolling through Twitter. And I look and I'm like, I think that's... When you see somebody, they be like, sign in the coat. Send the, send the, Everybody. Send right. And I was like, I think, I think this, am I the, yeah, he's still going right now. Let me, like, yeah. so, but I wanted to introduce myself there, but it's just like, man, it's like, to, I think, to be creative and then to be in Chicago and see all these different people doing different things. So you seek them out. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I gotta follow her. And then once I saw Tiffany posting, I'm like, oh, check this out. Let me look into it. And, Shit like that is just crazy, like how it's just a small world. Oh, like that, you just you really you, you start, Chicago is a small town, but it's a huge city. But yeah, we, and then you kind of pay attention to people and everything. Oh, yeah. Influences, like what 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 are your influences? I know you said you were you were into music. Um, you know, music is in you. <laughs> yeah, it's just I don't know. It's I can't even put a word to that. It's just like when you hear good music, just know it's good. It's like, very true. Ah, good uh influences um in terms of film my number one has to be spike lee um like i fuck with spike i can't let it go like there's nothing you you can't outgrow spike at all like (laughs) i fuck with spike only because spike does not mind telling the truth about how things really look um, I think a lot of Hollywood is, is glitz and glam, and in Spike Lee's filmmaking, he's shown, like, 
where some of the ugliness is and he gives us a decision to make in terms of like how we feel about it mm-hmm. like do the right thing was, well, I was just thinking yeah. that like that was like the most yeah <laughs> do the right thing <laughs> had multiple perspectives in it but at the end of the day Spike gives you a choice and it's like do you want to take the Malcolm X side or do you want to take the Malcolm side I mean the Martin side of things even though we all have this common problem right. and Spike has just been relentless about that and just He's been so passionate about his work, um, and it was really inspiring to see him go through that whole Malcolm X thing, where the studio was trying to cut off his funding. And he had to reach out to independent, you know, independent investors that wasn't gonna get their money back. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So uh, Spike is a goat, um, and just a great representation of African American artists that makes art for African-American people mm-hmm. and making art that they can relate to and they can be proud of and they can see themselves in. And just making film about black people going through everyday things. things yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Crooklyn, Crooklyn ev- will yeah, forever be one of those Yeah, movies. everyday things that we deal with. I think Spike, and Spike is a visionary, like, mm-hmm. He's all of those things. The, 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 the epic dolly shot will never go out of style. Yeah, Always be my favorite cannot, shot ever. You cannot mention black cinema without mentioning Spike Lee. You can't. Like, you can't. You just can't. There's no way. Like, he is the GOAT. So, as far as, you know, influences, right. um, Spike is definitely one. I love Wise Movement as well. I have to look that. I don't even know who that is. He, Should I know who that is? He directed um, Moulin Rouge. He directed William really? Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet with okay. Leonardo DiCaprio and Claire Danes. I've seen, yes. Yes. Great fucking movie. Sorry for cussing. <laughs> yeah. Great movie. Great movie. Very great movie. Um, he is an incredible director. And the editor that he works with is from Australia. And she is she is amazing. Like some of the things that are in that film, I was just like blown away. And I think I, the first time I saw that film, I was 13 years old. Ooh, stop, G. Yes. Yeah, so I was, like, like, I was about to say, fresh, freshman year of high school. Man, I think I, think I saw classic, that one. It's a classic um, film. Like that film. I didn't, is I didn't incredible. believe it. But I saw it was like, there's no way I really like the color in that film alone is incredible. So, Boz Lumen, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I really like movie. Jodie Foster's work, too. Jodie but Foster, she was she's around been for a long time. Yeah, but she's been directing a lot. She directed a lot of House of Cards episodes. Um, yeah, she's she yeah, she's a beat. It's a lot of female directors that are like killing it. Like uh, I I had the pleasure of meeting uh, Sally Richardson. Mm-hmm. Been killing it. <laughs> and this is stuff this is like behind the scenes stuff that you be like, oh, oh my god, like channel. you know. And Sally Richardson is beautiful in person. Like, <laughs> like I've never met a woman where I literally was like, the real deal. <laughs> Like, are you a real person? Right. Um, but no, she's an incredible director. It's a lot of directors that are just killing it. I love Dee Reese. I like I like Dee Reese's profile. She's not too loud. Mm-hmm. Um, she makes very compelling work, and then she just goes back into her. Someone be like Googling and looking all these people up. It's oh, looking yeah. up the work before I'm editing. They make great work. Um, David Fincher. 
I mean, some of them are just like incredible. You want to be as good as they are, mm -hmm. and they've been doing it for so long. So you right. know, it's your journey. Is that know, a struggle for you as an artist? Just like making sure you come through as opposed to your influences. Yeah, through. like I mean, with anything, you want to make it your own. Like I, I don't want to recreate what Spike Lee has done. I'm inspired by what he's mm -hmm. done. I like the way uh, what he's done has made me feel. Um, but ultimately, you know. I'm making film from my perspective. It's my creative voice. So I think I can take some of the the things that Spike Lee's done, like his fearlessness and his incredible eye and his knack for storytelling and, and be inspired by those things, but create my own way of communicating through the art form. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that, that whole Spike idea is like, that can be like, that translates across a lot of different yeah. like, aspects of creativity. The idea is like, like you said, that fearlessness is like, I didn't, I didn't realize, I think it was Red Hook. I, I can't remember if that was the movie I saw. It was just like, or I think the sweet blood of Jesus. Like that, yeah, like, I'm not crazy about Red Hook. But I will <laughs> say this, to have the audacity, you know, yeah. like, to channel Snoop from Baby Boy, the audacity <laughs> to like make something that was going to make people feel uncomfortable. Like you're trying to figure this story out. Right. And you're like, holy shit, I've right. been uncomfortable for a whole 60 minutes. Right. And now I figure it out and it's gone. It's over. That's it. <laughs> That's it. Like to be able to to do that, I feel like it's mastery in itself. Oh man, it's just when you if you knew all the things that are put into film, just mm -hmm. the creation of it, just down to your character's clothes and where they live and the little things that they do and like all Creativity is put into all of that. The lighting, you know, the sound, how you shoot it, you know, it's it's incredible. It's so many things you can alter in filmmaking. Um, it's limitless. Um, I think that's why filmmakers are filmmakers so old. Like look at Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood's been making film for like thirty first, years. His, <laughs> that's the thing is, I think about like guys like that, and I think it's like. Kapala, I think that's how you say his last name, Francis Ford, and um, yeah. oh, even like Tarantino to me, mm -hmm. to be in the game that long, or like the old, like you've been in for decades, so like how much has your creative perspective changed? Right. Right. And you get to see that with the movies too, it's like, oh, we thought he was this guy, he made a movie about right. a female champion boxer, you know, right. that turn the world upside down. At the time, I might have still been a kid, but yeah. to understand, like, the impact of that movie and to see it, like, wow. Um, what does longevity feel like for you? Like, what are you, what, are, what, is, what is the vision? Or you got to keep that under wraps? Well, no, I mean, my ultimate goal has always been to make money being a film director. That is really the goal. Mm -hmm. Now, whatever extra <laughs> that want to come along, I mean, I, I don't. I ain't planning on doing that, but you know. But no, any extra that comes along after that is that it, that's just like icing on the cake. Um, I just want to make money directing because it's something that I absolutely love, and I don't. I don't really see myself really just being fulfilled without being able to do it because it, it is my ultimate form of expression in terms of creativity it's what i turn to to be creative 
um, and you you know you need you need outlets of creativity. Every everybody needs that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is the long journey for me. Uh, of course, as we continue to grow and I be, and I get older and experience more things, um, my work may be inspired by what I've gone through. But again, that's my creative expression, um, and everybody is entitled to that. So. Um, that that is the long call, um, just to keep creating. I don't think you should really have a cutoff or um, a, a, a a glass ceiling, as they say. Yeah, just keep going until. That's the thing that kind of keeps me motivated. It's like you have your letdowns, you have your but your your rough days, your bad days. Like of you course. know, I kind of had one today, but. The idea is that you could be a stand-up comic for 50 years if you wanted to. <laughs> you could be, yes. For, for 60, I could be 60 years old still trying to tell jokes. Yes. And you can do that same thing with uh, film production as well. Mm-hmm. But I want to shift gears. Is something that I mentioned earlier. Your presence and like, your attitude on social media is the shit. <laughs> I enjoy it. Sometimes it's like... You want to follow people that make you think. Yeah. And sometimes you put shit out there and be like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I knew I'm You're looking. Not alone. But like the, the, the crazy thing is just like this is this is like this is the the constant torment of creativity. I was like, I, I want to have on a podcast. So I don't want to talk too much on social media yeah. because people can look at the tweets and they won't listen to the right, show. Right, I'm like, right, right. Thug it. Just go right. and just have a conversation with the lady and just get over yourself, bro. It's like yeah. it's like, not about you. But that was my thought process. <laughs> it's not about right. Talk you. about that's a little, little favorite little real bit of mine. It ain't about you. But the idea is that you can be so uh, focused on the conscious aspect of things, and then we can just be like, did you listen to the new Drake? Did you listen to this? <laughs> <laughs> Well, because I feel like, why why do I have to sit in one lane? Like, who makes the rules? Like, I, you know, let me just say this. <laughs> People that rant and be like, oh, well, I just feel like you shouldn't be saying certain things and this, that, and the third. First of all, it's a free country. Number one, my experiences don't look like your experiences. And people are saying some way more outlandish stuff than I could probably even think of. (laughs) So allow me to do my thing. And if what I'm doing, you don't rock with it, guess what you can do? Block me if that's what it is. Man, I I felt good about myself when I found somebody randomly. And I'm like, damn, they blocked me. I'm like, what the hell did I say? I don't even know you. Yeah, like... (laughs) Yeah, like give people the freedom to be, you know, to express themselves. Now, if you feel triggered or if that's something that you personally dealing with or whatever, I can't control your trigger. Mm-hmm. I don't know your button. Right. You know what I mean? Just like you don't know my button. I see things on the internet that pu- push my buttons every day. So, I mean, I think it's just the differences of people. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes we dislike our own differences. Like we just mm-hmm. hate the fact that like... You went through that, but that's not my story. It's just not your story. It doesn't mean that it's not necessary or it doesn't need to be told because it's not yours. True. But we also live in a time where it's like, you feel like people want to commiserate. Like, they want to, like, if if you have a bad story and then, like, for me to, I feel like it's almost offensive for me to be like, 
oh, well, this happened to me because, you know, you went through that. But what about this, like, to try, like, what is the oppression Olympics or whatever it is? Mm-hmm. And I feel like we can kind of move away from that. Sometimes when we get to this point now, I think people are triggered. Just, like, let people share what they want to share and yeah, I mean, feel what they want to feel. And like I said, if you want to say something, like I said, I'd be like, uh, nah, I don't, uh, but it's just like, I don't think Twitter is a place to have a full-on conversation. First of all, Twitter is not a place for anything <laughs> civil. <laughs> it is not that bad. Yeah, if you're going on there to be, uh, for it to be kumbaya, it ain't gonna it's be not, that ain't it. Hmm. Facebook's not there that that really cool by y'all either, but just it's a lot more calm than Twitter. Like some people on Facebook trip about the stuff I put on Facebook, but if they only saw Twitter, they wouldn't trip. What's on Facebook? They're so different from what you usually put on Twitter. Well, no, Twitter they they a lot more like ratchet on Twitter. <laughs> like, it's like a whole nother level of ratchet. You'd be like, whoa. Some of it does seep into Facebook. Like you'll see something that you saw on Twitter. Like <laughs> trying to keep them separate, but I mean, I but yeah, it's 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 real. It's more. Well, I can say for me, uh, my followers are a lot calmer. You know. And then that's, I think that's the thing too is like trying to figure out if your followers on the same wavelength as you are. Then, but then that goes back into making that the focus of being on social media. Like, mm. I'm not on social media for other people, although um, I do use social media to get my work out there. Like, I would rather you pay more attention to my work than me, but that's just not the yeah, society that we live in. Everybody wants to focus on you and what your problem true. is. And, what you think and what and it's not about me yeah because my experiences ultimately shape what type of art that i make Mm -hmm. and that's how i want to speak um me commenting about what happened in the news and what it was on um tmz or so or uh, it's, it's reality love, love tv yeah now, like what, yeah you want to hold that against me go ahead <laughs> go the fuck here like i'm not pacifying y'all niggas like <laughs> i'm just not like come on hold that again See, but this is why I didn't say nothing on Twitter. Because like, it's so this silly. Is the same. This, we wouldn't get the same thing talking shit on Twitter. Yeah, like it's like it's talking shit. You know how to do that? Yeah, that's pretty much Yeah, so for you to try to hold that to me as a, a dagger, but be my guest. Like, what can what the fuck can I do about it? Nothing. Well, and I'm not gonna do anything <laughs> about it. <laughs> so <laughs> by all means, you can hate me now. One of the main focuses of the show is, for me, is to focus on culture mm-hmm. and its impact and our impact in the culture. How is the culture affecting you and your art right now? Um, I think a lot early on, we're talking like maybe 2018, 2017, it was all Trump. Everybody had something to say about Trump, Trump, Trump. Uh-huh. And we've moved past that a little bit. How is it impacting you as a creative right now? Um, society? Yep. Um, in a lot of ways. Um, I think I've been looking at a couple of conversations. Um, I do more of that than anything. Like, what I post on Twitter is not even, it's just like the tip of the iceberg. I really uh, read threads. I read a lot of threads. 
particularly uh, to particularly about just African-American family situations, um, just like divorce, causes of divorce, um, relationship, um, children, and how they're affected by a relationship. Um, those are the things that I'm like the most interested in. And I read those threads often. Like, yeah. should the baby daddy do blah, 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 blah? <laughs> like, should you spit the bills? And should you? I love shit like that. Because it's, because cause our gender roles are, I don't want to say they're up in the air. Because I feel like gender roles are important to a degree. Um, gender roles. But they're changing. I always, they're changing. I always felt... Not what so up, Clee? I see you, Clee. I'm <laughs> nah, sorry. No, go ahead. You got your Instagram live going, but I've always felt that when we try to address gender roles, uh, for a lot of people, it's like this is what it is, and this is this is gonna always be my idea of, <laughs> like, of gender roles. Right. Not saying like you can't. There is no gray area. What I mean is, like you said, the family dynamic. Like, I'm always going to see my mama as, like, the individual who worked her ass off to provide for her kids. Yeah. Like, she, for her children. You know, she went to work to do what she had to do to make sure, hey, you're going to be in choir, you're going to play basketball, whatever you go do. I'm going to do what I need to do to make sure that you get what you need to be successful. Right. And that translated throughout life, like, transcended just athletics or whatever, you know. But, like, like. I don't know. We talk about being providers and like all this stuff is like, come on, y'all. Like for me, sometimes I get bored with that stuff. It's like mm -hmm. we know where we came from, y'all. Yeah. Is your opinion changed that much about who your parents are? Mm -hmm. And you know, and, but I think a lot of it is like you said about like how Spike is just honest and being truthful. Yeah. And sometimes it's hard to be like. Man. Well, <laughs> I, I just feel like people don't like honesty. Mm -hmm. And they hate the person that's talking about it. <laughs> like, oh my God. Like, I've said things that are, are like 100% true. true. And people will hate, like, they will be like, oh, I can't believe you said that. And I'll be like, look at the stats. <laughs> I'll be like, look but at the numbers. People don't care about the and people don't, people only care about perception. They don't care about the truth. They don't. I just want to look good. I just want it to look good. But... The bad shit that we do, we just want to like sweep it under the sweep rug. it under the rug and pat it down and just be like, don't like, talk about that. Like, even like talking to people, people get upset. Like, why you say this? Why you call me out about this? Like, man, like everybody has done some shit they don't want nobody to know. Look, listen, <laughs> and you people, know about the shit that I don't want you. People, I, I know about some shit. Like, so it people, matter. people hated Spike Lee because Spike Lee told the truth about Hollywood, mm -hmm. and people hated him for it because he was like, look. They're not making black movies. You know, you know the 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 the, loop, the jump, the hoops that I have to jump through just to get a film made, just to get this done, just to get that done. Like I'm exposing this, mm -hmm. and then he went on top of that and said, "I'm always going to be an independent filmmaker, so I can control my shit." But like nobody likes the person that's speaking the truth. That's true. Or stepping out. The peacemakers in this country are killed. For making peace, for speaking facts, they killed. Yeah, so, so with that being said, if you're gonna speak the truth, be prepared to not be liked, because you're not always gonna be liked, and that's really not our job to be liked. 
And, we and, just want to be like, but it's not our job. That was a part of one of the conversations I had before, too, on the show. And the idea is, like, I don't want to be liked by everybody. I just want to appeal to yeah. you. It's like, yeah, you really? may not like me, but something yeah, I do is like... Really? Yeah, like <laughs> even if yeah. it's like, I don't really fuck with that motherfucker. <laughs> like, I don't really fuck with that nigga, but like, yo, that that's track. Kind of, no, well, you know, like, that's how I be. Like, and that's, yes. that's literally what you do. With your iPhone and Apple Music every day. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's just true. a good song. But that's yeah, I, I don't know about this Drake stuff, man. I don't know about you. and Like, what happened, man? What? Drake just puts out the same stuff. It's, okay, it's the same. It the works. Same it stuff. works. You can't well, yeah, it works. Like, I don't knock it. And I like Drake. But sometimes when it's the same thing, it's like, you know. But I like Drake. I don't have a problem with Drake. Right. I just... Like, I just got an epiphany one day. I was just driving down the street. <laughs> and one of his songs came on, and I was like, don't this sound like... the same thing? Oh, my God, it's the same thing. And I was just like, this dude puts out the same thing. But he probably has a way to finesse his words so it sounds new every time. But I was like, this is the same vibe. And I, it's not a bad vibe, right, but it's but the I same think, vibe. When I, got to the, when I came to that realization, I'm like, all right, maybe I'm just going to associate the music with the <laughs> time of my life. Like, okay, this is college Drake. Well, yeah, I know, this yeah, I know this Drake. that a lot of the music is like a certain time. This is like getting my first yeah. paycheck Drake right here. Yeah. That's how I feel. Yeah. Hell yeah, fucking right. You know, it's crazy like how that. music does that. I mean, you got to, but you got to find them. I think, don't be lazy. You have to find a way to enjoy this. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Even if it's be the same shit. Oh right? yeah, yeah. Uh, what do you have anything you want to plug or? Yes. Um. So training wheels is gonna be on. Uh, I don't want to speak too soon, but it's gonna be on Amazon uh, very very soon. Um, I, I actually finalized some stuff for it today. Um, we're also gonna send it to Xfinity nice. as well. Um. So it can be on both of those streaming platforms. Um, I already have a film um, out there called Side Effects. It's on Amazon Prime and Xfinity. Um, you guys can check that out. Um, look out for Training Wheels. And I think Training Wheels is also going to have an air date as well. I just don't know the date yet. Um, but when I get it, I'll put it on all of my social media outlets. Um, my social media outlets are San Nicole, all of them. So <laughs> that's where you can find me. It's pretty easy. It's very uniform. And well thought out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not changing. You know, I know some people that got different names right. for each one. Like, like, you're, you're never going to catch on. You keep changing. You know no, I mean? I, no, I'm not going to keep changing. So, uh, yeah, Santa Cole for all of them. Uh, don't follow me on social media. <laughs> it's, it's not a, you're not a bad follow. Man. I, I, don't, I don't think I follow you on Instagram, but I know I followed you on uh, Twitter. And I'm just like, this is... Don't talk to it. Don't talk to it too much because you want to get on the podcast. <laughs> and I was thinking this just because I feel like, like man, I feel like we'll have a dope ass conversation. No, about some we stuff. no, we actually we had a great conversation. <laughs> but like, <laughs> like, I want to meet this person, and that's one of the things that um, I was coming to the realization. You know, like what what is the podcast? What is this? And it's something that I wanted to be is where people can kind of reference it in a way. And what I mean by that is I ask these guests, like, what are three things you tell somebody starting something new out? Like, somebody starting to write, even though they dislike writing. But someone said, you're you pretty good at this. You know, yeah. or, or they stand, they want to be a stand-up comedian. They want to start a podcast. Three things you tell them. Um, first thing I would say is just do it. Mm. Just do it. Um, you don't have to have a plan. 
to be a filmmaker if that's what you want to be. You just do it, just like a singer just sings. Mm -hmm. um, it's really just that easy. Um, I do think that um, a lot of people get discouraged by not just doing it because they feel like they should already know or have a leg up in the game. Um, but you really don't need that. Sometimes, if you just do it, you may inspire a new technique for the game that nobody else thought of. Um, and you could be onto something that, you know, everybody in the industry that's been in it for 12, 13 years is, you know, you've developed a new wave of something. So um, don't try to follow the formula that other people have done. Um, but I say respect that formula, though. So number one would be just do it. Um, two, study the craft. <laughs> like, study movies. the craft. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> study your craft. Like, do not try to half step it. You will be exposed. At some point, you will be exposed. Somebody that knows more than you is going to be like, you don't know what you're talking about, and you don't want that to happen. <laughs> you don't want that. It is so powerful for you to know your shit. Is 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 knowledge is power. It's power. When you know something, nobody can take it away. Nobody can tell you different when you know it. When you studied it and you know it and you can go toe-to-toe -to -toe with a person because you know it. Mm -hmm. Versus them making you look like a fool because you don't. Mm -hmm. So, knowledge is power, number two. Number three, get around people that are doing better than you. I think that's a really hard thing for people to do. Yeah, it's so hard because our egos. It is true. Our it is egos. True. We can't, take a back seat. For this, man, just, like take a back seat. Don't, don't, don't do not be afraid to take a back seat and just be like, I don't know everything. Because you don't know everything. There's somebody that's been in this business, has been doing it way longer than you, and they know how to do this shit way better than you. And you have to just accept that. And be okay with it because your journey is your right, journey. Right, because it doesn't mean you can't get better. No. <laughs> like, every every single craft has to be like, it's just like you can have a gift, um, but ultimately you have to practice your gift mm -hmm. to be good at it. You can have it, but you have to structure it. You have to work on it. Sometimes you're born with those natural instincts to do whatever it is you do, but you have to sculpt it and cultivate it. So, um, and then you have to also like look at people that are doing it on a higher level than you mm -hmm. and not be intimidated by the things that they correct you on. Because ultimately... Take the criticism. Yeah, ultimately, those are things that are going to make you a better artist. When somebody's like, yo, this is it. you could do this in a better way. Mm -hmm. um, you could, you could you know, perform this in a better way. Um, like, I had to really humble myself when I made training wheels. Because Training Wheels was the first time that I was actually working with a screenwriter that was like, yo, you've been doing this wrong this whole time, so let's do this the right way. And it took so much to kind of like swallow to that. To unlearn some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I had to just swallow it and be like, wow, like this dude just told me that my writing sucks. <laughs> number one. I mean, that, I don't two. think that's. I don't. Okay, well, well, I can't tell you how to perceive well, what was with the criticism. Okay, I'll say to the I, standard I to the standard of where I want to be. Not, it wasn't. It wasn't where I want. You know what I mean? And so you got to be told that you got to be like, look, this ain't where you want to be. But this is. I'm gonna give you the tools that you need to get there. Yeah. 
So that, that's the difference between people that are giving you criticism and saying it's just not that good enough versus people that give you criticism and say, okay, here are the tools that you need to make it better. Wow. Damn. How does that feel? Like it's it's hard. Like I don't to know. Hear. Just like I don't wanna It's hard. <laughs> it's it's criticism. I mean anything you do, expect people to break it down. They're mm-hmm. gonna do it. Well, I mean, I think we were about like an hour now. Which oh, is great. crazy. It yeah. was pretty fast. <laughs> that all went by pretty quickly. I don't know, maybe I could have you on again or Of course. Now I can talk to you all I want on social media. Like that's what like just wait, maybe she'll say, Yeah, you can I like I said. I just Well no, I'm glad you reached out. And I appreciate you taking the time. Oh my Thank god, you. today has just been like the day from hell. No, I appreciate okay. you for Waiting around, I don't, I'm, I don't care. Okay, nigga, I was late. All right, I'm gonna put this out there. I don't care if y'all get this. It happens, all right? Yeah, but and, no, I, Sam I waited around. on me. Yeah, man, gee, I appreciate you. No problem. Thank you. Thank you. And we gotta do this again sometime. I don't know. Maybe drop something else. Okay. Again, that was this week's episode, guys, with my guest, Santa Cole, writer and filmmaker from Chicago, Illinois. Illinois. I don't. I feel like I only said that like that when I was short. I don't know reason. Like, why is it like that? But no. Anyway, um, great episode. Great conversation. Great person. Doing some great work. Excited to see what comes from this whole like pandemic thing. You know, everybody is at home. Everybody is stuck in their houses doing nothing. But what are creatives coming up with? What are we going to see on film? What are we going to see written on paper? What are we going to read in the next couple of years from this whole thing? I don't know. I'm excited about that. Don't forget to go check out Sands short films on Amazon video. Training wheels and side effects are both up there now. You guys can check it out. Um, post it. Repost it. Tell a friend about it. Tell a friend about the show. Make sure you follow Sand on uh, Instagram, Twitter, and everything. S-A-N-I-C-O-L-E at S-A-N-I-C-O-L-E and make sure you subscribe and review the podcast you know follow me on Instagram and Twitter at It's Jordan Bruh J-O-R-D-A-I-N and make sure you follow the podcast at It's Your World Pod underscore at I-T-S U-R-W-O-R-L-D pod P-O-D underscore and until next time ladies and gentlemen stay safe and stay home